1: Welcome back to The Agent of Wealth. This is your host, Mark Boudis. In today's episode, we'll talk about mistakes I see people making when withdrawing or taking distributions from their 401k. This is the third part of a three-part series, where in the first episode, we talked about mistakes when contributing to 401ks, and in the last episode, we talked uh, about mistakes when investing in your 401k. So there's different reasons and different at different times that people start drawing from their 401k. And there are a few things that you want to consider to withdraw effectively from them. So the first thing is not considering taxes on your 401k withdrawals. So you want to really look at this from a couple of different angles. And the first is that because of taxes, you're probably going to need more in your 401k than you think you will. Let's say you have a million dollars in your 401k. You'll have to plan for less than that. When drawing out of it, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, the way taxes work when every time you make a contribution to your 401k and assuming that it's a pre-tax contribution and not a Roth contribution, you get a deduction in the year that you make it. So if you earn $100,000 a year, you contribute $10,000 to your 401k, you'll actually pay tax on $90,000. You get to defer paying taxes while the money is in the 401k, another benefit. However, when you do take money out in retirement, it all comes out as ordinary income. It gets lumped into every other income source that you have, things like Social Security, maybe a pension, maybe some interest dividends. All that gets lumped together and based off of where you end up, that will determine what your tax bracket is and that'll determine at what tax rate you're paying on those distributions. Most likely or a lot of people will figure that When they're in their high income earning years, they're going to be in a higher tax bracket. They'll get the deduction into the 401k at a higher tax bracket. And when they take out from the 401k, they'll take it out at a lower tax bracket. Because we don't know what tax brackets will be in the future, we don't know if that'll be true. For some people, it will. For some people, it won't. And they might be even in a higher tax bracket in the future. And it may have not even made sense to contribute to a 401k. But for most people, it does make sense. But as far as distributions and taking withdrawals, you want to know the full picture. You want to know what your after-tax retirement savings picture looks like, and probably want to do that before you start taking money out so that you know you can project out and see how much you can take out without running out of your assets by the time that you pass away. If you were making contributions of the Roth style to your 401k, then that's where your after-tax retirement savings picture looks pretty straightforward, because the way that works is Roth contributions are made with after-tax money. You don't get a deduction in the year that you make the contribution, but assuming you meet a couple of the criteria to withdraw your Roths without paying a penalty, so it's pretty straightforward. If there's a million dollars in your Roth 401k and you adhere to the rules around Roth distributions, you're gonna withdraw a million dollars from that. It makes planning a little bit more straightforward, But for most people, they enjoy getting the deduction as they're working, and it helps with having to pay less taxes. So a lot of times what people do is they have a mix of assets, and they all have different tax consequences to them. So we talked about the pre-tax 401k, where... You're going to pay ordinary income tax when the money comes out. It's really the same as like a traditional IRA. We talked about the Roth where it's post-tax money. Another example of post-tax money is your savings and investment accounts. However, with these, if you take distributions, you may incur capital gains tax. Uh, You may every year be accruing interest or dividends from those accounts. So they have their own tax consequences. Then you have things like Social Security or your pensions. Or another example is like an annuity. Where every amount that you take out, you'll you'll withdraw gains, which will be taxed as ordinary income, and then you'll get to a point where you're actually withdrawing your your principal, which is you're not going to owe tax on. So, you really want to understand your tax picture going into retirement. You know, it used to be the rule of thumb would be that you take from after tax accounts first, like your savings and investment accounts, then your tax deferred accounts, which are like your pre tax four hundred one ks or traditional IRAs, and then your tax free accounts, like your Roth. And the rule of thumb no longer holds true, every situation is different. Um, I did a webinar last year on how tax planning changes during the four stages of retirement. We really broke it up into the four stages up into like your 50s and 60s, which is your pre-retirement work and save years, your early retirement, which is from 60 to 70, nicknamed the go-go years, middle retirement from 70 to 80 called the go-slow years, and then late retirement 80 onward, which they call the no-go years. But understanding how these are all taxed and how they're taxed differently. Like even Social Security, for example, it's not that you owe tax specifically on Social Security, but what happens is it gets lumped into your other income, and based on your other income, you may owe tax on up to 85% of your Social Security benefits. So you want to understand your tax picture because it's really important. And how you withdraw, You know, there, there's significant savings that you can have by withdrawing in the optimal from a different tax uh, tax account. All right, next I wanna talk about loans. So you are able to take a loan from your 401k, and this is while you're still working at the uh, the company where your 401k is. You cannot uh, change jobs and take a loan from an old 401k. And it's not necessarily a mistake to take a loan, you know, Sometimes there's not another option that you have available and you need funds for whatever reason. But there are a couple of things that you definitely want to consider with it. First, the obvious one, it may impact your retirement. The way a loan works is you can take up to 50% or $50,000 from your 401k, whichever is smaller. And usually it gets amortized and you pay it back over a five-year period. If you leave your job before that five-year period is up, you have to repay that loan Otherwise, it becomes a distribution. And if you're younger than 59 and a half, it is not only a taxable distribution, but you also have to pay a 10% penalty on top of it. So, you know, you're taking money out of your retirement account, depending upon when you take it out, what happens in the market. It can be a significant impact to your retirement savings because what happens a lot of times is people will take a loan out and they don't repay it. So... You really want to make sure you have the means or the ability or a plan to repay the loan if you do take it out. The next thing to consider, and this is probably less widely known, is that the interest that you pay back on your loan, it's double taxed. And why I say it's double taxed is because let's say you take out your loan and you have to pay $1,000 of interest each year. Not talking about your actual full payment. It's actually the interest amount is what's double taxed. So you pay tax on your income and you pay the interest back to the loan. However, when you take out the 401k in the future, you're paying ordinary income tax on everything that comes out, including the interest that you paid back into the 401k and that you already taxed on. So you do want to take that into account that your interest is double taxed. Like I said, it sometimes it's inevitable and you have to take a loan out from your 401k and it's a good crutch to have, but a couple of things to consider when, when doing it. Next thing I wanted to talk about is A mistake is not taking advantage of 72T periodic payments or making mistakes when using them. So I'm seeing a lot of people who've built up significant assets in their 401k, but they don't want to wait until age 59 and a half to tap them without having to pay that 10% early withdrawal penalty. So Rule 72T, it's a way that you can take funds from your retirement account before age 59 and a half. And as long as you follow this strict set of rules and take a series of substantially equal periodic payments, which is an acronym of SEPPS, you'll pay income tax on the withdrawals, but you'll avoid that early withdrawal penalty. So you should consult with the financial professional before doing this, because there are some nuances to the rules that you have to take into account. And this one's popular where one spouse wants to retire and they want to figure out how can they do it, how can they bridge until the other spouse is able to take from their retirement account or before they can start Social Security. So there's different instances where this makes sense, but you just have to really look at all the different details on it. And the way they work is that you have to take these payments for a period of five years or until age 59 and a half whichever is longer so if you start taking these payments at age 40 you'd have to continue them for 19 and a half years until you're 59 and a half and then from there you can do whatever you want, start normal distributions. If you start at age 58, you'd have to take them until you're 63 and a half, so that five-year period. There's three methods that the IRS approves on how you can do this. There's one called the amortization method, another called the minimum distribution method, or one called the annuitization method. And just because someone can do this, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the right thing to do. But like I said, there are certain situations where this uh, could really be the best option for you. Next, I want to talk about considering all of your options when you leave your job. You have six options when you leave a job. You can leave the assets in your existing plan. You can roll them over to another plan, which is most likely people will do into their current 401k. You can roll the assets over into an IRA. You can take a lump sum distribution from them. That's called the nuclear option where you're cashing it out. You can make an in-plan Roth conversion. So within your 401k, convert it into a Roth. And then you could also convert your plan assets to a Roth IRA. So that doing a Roth rollover IRA. There's different reasons on doing each of these, especially the, the Roth ones weren't as popular, but they're pretty popular now because people are looking at their 401k balances. They're seeing that there's been a drop this year. So if you did do a conversion, you're actually converting at a lower amount with the expectation that at some point the market and your 401k balance will recover However, if you do, considering one of these options, you really want to look into some of these different areas and maybe some are more important to you than others. One is consolidation. Um, I see people that change lots of jobs. They keep all these 401ks all over the place. They're really tough to manage from both an investment strategy, from keeping track of them. Um, There's also investment options, and mainly the two biggest differences are usually a 401k. You have limited to maybe 20, maybe 25 different investment options, whereas an IRA is more liberal in what you can invest in. Next one is fees and expenses, and this could be either way. There are some 401ks that have astronomically high fees, but there's also some 401ks where the fees are really good. But you want to look at what are the fees and expenses on the overall plan, as well as the investments that are inside, whether it's a 401k or an IRA. Um, Next is creditor protection. So, again, 401ks and IRAs, they're treated differently in different areas. Creditor protection is one of them. They both provide some form of creditor protection, but depending upon what state you're in, and the type of plan, one may be stronger creditor protection than the other. Next is service, depending upon where the 401k is, or if you do roll it over into an IRA and what company you're dealing with there, one service option may be better than the other. IRAs tend to have more flexible distribution options than 401ks do, but you know that's another thing to consider. And then also you want to consider your estate planning options on both sides, the 401k and the, the IRA. So mistakes that you make when withdrawing, they can be categorized catastrophic because you can pay, you know, hundreds of thousands more or have That much less available to you, dependent upon how you withdraw, what order you withdraw, how much you withdraw. So, getting the the withdrawals correct is definitely something you want to do upfront before you start getting too far into withdrawing your money from from these retirement plans. You know, like I mentioned in the first episode of this series, four hundred one k's are you know for a lot of people they're their biggest asset and they're what's going to provide income during retirement. So, you would definitely want to make the right decision both from an optimization perspective, but also you want to avoid paying more taxes than you should or any penalties if you don't um, adhere to the withdrawal rules. So if you have any specific questions, you can schedule a consultation at bowdisfinancial.com backslash call. And thank you for tuning in today.
0: Thank you for listening to the Agent of Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of his financial. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial planning and investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investments and financial planning.